Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. And we're live. Um, coming at you again with a wonderful, wonderful guest episode. Um, we have the wonderful Erica from Roll D5 joining us, and we're so excited. Introduce yourself. Give us all the exciting things that you are doing and working on, because you got a lot on your plate, too, of cool, cool projects in the in the works. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, I am Erica Onduin. Uh, my last name is my, like, uh, internet persona name inspired by the river Anduin from Lord of the Rings, which is where they sail Boromir down after he dies. <laughs> I mean, incredible. Uh, we love it here. I have a Hobbit tattoo. Let's go. It's fantastic. I love that, especially because I, I actually got um, Anduin translated into Ortholinear Tangwar Elvish and tattooed on my arm. Ooh. That's yeah, so that's great. great. It's really, really great. Cool. I love it. But anyways, um, I am a huge ass nerd, video games, TTRPGs, all sorts of shenanigans. So I've been in like specifically the tabletop gaming world for like, um, I think it's approaching six years now. About six years. Oh, wow. And nice. My favorite fun fact about that is... In about 90% of that time, all of the games that I've played, aside from like two or three, have all been live streams, podcasts, recorded for content. That is all I've really ever known in regards to like tabletop gaming or like D&D. That's like all I've ever done because like I had a friend, I had, I had, Met some people and they're like, oh, you tell us all about yourself. And I was like, I'm a gamer. <laughs> you won't see me outside much as like a joke, but also like I'm dead serious. Mm-hmm. You will not catch me outside. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. And those death rays. Nah. Right? Not with, not with this climate. No. Uh, and they make you sneeze. And that's not <laughs> the, <laughs> the Irish <laughs> my air conditioning. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And uh, my friend uh, Nat came up and asked, like, hey, have you ever played D&D? And I was like, I'm not that kind of nerd. Um, fast forward to, you know, six years later, I've got my own channel. Yeah. Like the stereotype. <laughs> You're like, hey, this is my full personality now. This is my full personality now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've gone through, like, a couple different channels with some friends um, and eventually kind of, like, Broke off is a terrible word, but, like, kind of broke off to kind of, like, pursue my own thing. Had a Mm -hmm. uh, TTRPG podcast for a little bit where we played the system Arium. And it was really fun because it originally started, I believe, as, like, a writing prompt, like, helping create short stories and all sorts of stuff. So it's, like, we go through this whole process within Arium to literally create our own world, our own lore, our own story, mm. everything. So every time you do it, it changes. 
So nothing will ever be the same. So that's where we started out. And we were there for like a year or so. And I was like, hey, guys, to my uh, original group, um, I was like, how do you guys feel about branching out, doing our own thing, taking our own control? And everyone's like, yes, let's do it. And then we came up with the name uh, Roll D5. It's R-O-L-E for role playing. And it's kind of a twist because the D5 is kind of like dice. So like roll dice, it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. D5 for the original five. The original uh, five cast. And cast, yeah. So for the original five. And we're now That's a group so of cool. 10. I'm like watching Mariah Google the, <laughs> the game that you're <laughs> talking about. Basically trying to figure out how to spell Arium. Um, A R I U M. I I did not have that correct. <laughs> there we go. I find it. Okay, I'll look at it later. Yeah, Will is one of the creators of it and played in one of our games. And Will is probably one of the coolest, nicest, like smartest people. I love that. I love that's, that's dope as hell. Like all I know, we're just talking about another system like Tether. Mm-hmm. We kind uh-huh. of use for. Um, online like written role play and stuff and yeah. potentially using something like that to as a brainstorming exercise to come up with like a little narrative yes. podcast potentially so like i'm also very deeply gonna dive into that oh yeah oh yeah arium is perfect for that it is because so i need good. something to just like i don't know jumpstart my brain mm-hmm. and once i have an idea i'll be fine but it's just getting that Exactly. It's a good little and diving board. Mm-hmm. Let me actually, I think I still have one of the, um, let's see, let me check my Trello board <laughs> because I have some of like, an ex- some of the, like the example prompts. Yeah. So you've got like world, people, objects, like overarching story, as well as like inner details of like, um, who are like the big monuments of the area? Um, what kind of vibe are we going with? And it's just, it's so fun because it gives like the best, like, like world ways. building tool. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. The best world building tools ever. That's really, really cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. Incredible. Love that. Well, yeah. Uh, World D five is amazing, and I caught a little bit of your first your first stint as a DM, which was lovely. That was was my first in almost a year. So I GM kind of on and off. It gives me Mm. a lot of anxiety to do it. (laughs) So like sometimes it's also like as a creator of the channel too. I'm kind of like I want to give my like team of adventurers i want to give them the spotlight more than me because i do a lot more background stuff but if Mm -hmm. something feels like important and like big enough or like i connect with it really well i'm like hey i'd like to be in this game or like hey i think i can gm this so it's Mm -hmm. been a hot minute since i gm'd well you did so good i i loved catching like the beginning half of it it was such a cool like it was like a cyberpunky situation right yeah it's it was called yeah, I'm Furious. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. It was really, really cool to watch. I caught a little bit of the beginning. It was mm-hmm. really good. Uh, and the ending was the best part. So many yeah, I need to go back and watch the whole. Yeah. The whole so period. good. Incredible. So good. 
Thanks for watching a little bit. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also, I mean, we can kind of segue into a little bit of what like our topic that we wanted to discuss. And uh, you wanted to really kind of dive into the stuff around like the especially in the D&D world, like the OGL Mm -hmm. and how that affected like content creation and as well as you Mm -hmm. starting like World E5. So do you want to tell us a little bit bit about that? Yeah. So (laughs) that whole time was just a big shit show like (laughs) watching the internet just like like especially twitter just like fall apart Mm -hmm. was so funny but also really scary because so many people were like this is in regards to my job because it was it was originally i believe like some sort of like leaked document type thing saying hey pretty much any uh stuff that you create we're gonna take a cut of it or you know it's like yeah, it really yeah. hard to do any sort of strictly D and D content, and yeah. so many mm-hmm. people were worried for their jobs because it's what they do for a living, and like, what do we do now? And it was absolutely heartbreaking. And on the other side of that, so we originally came into it more like, um, like our channel, we're like we started with Arium, and we're like, yeah, we'll just do one shots with special guests, and this second half is still part of like our goal, which was like get all of these really cool people come on the show and introduce them to our audience, so then they can take the stuff and the projects that they do and be able to give it to additional people, be able to spread their word and their projects, and so that's where we kind of were like we'll play D anD D and we've got this. And then the OGL mm-hmm. happened. And we we were like, okay, why don't why like we already have these connections with people who make indie games. Mm-hmm. Let's just make the jump. True. Let's just do it. Cause at that mm-hmm. point we hadn't really found like our exact niche. We were still super young. Like the channel right now is only a year and a half old. We are tiny and yeah. we're, we're little babies. <laughs> little so, babies yeah and so we we decided after that we're like well why don't we just make the jump so we made this little twitter announcement saying hey we are no longer focusing on strictly dungeons and dragons we will be playing indie games moving forward and it exploded from there like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we've had people reaching out like hey we'd love for you to play test our game it's gonna be on kickstarter or like other people are like, hey, I've always wanted to know more about this game. Can you play it so then we can experience what it's like? Because if you take these random like TTRPGs and you try to put them in YouTube to understand how to play it, you can't it's find hard. stuff. It's it very is, hard. Yeah. It yeah. is so hard. And so we're like, well, why don't we cover that for people and take these games and show people how to play it so we adjusted our little mission statement to be more like hey there's more out there than 5e let us show you and that's what i love that yeah yeah that's really cool and it hit it like such a good time Mm -hmm. when everybody was freaking out so it's so weird even to see like dimension 20 and critical role and i was like it was such a far-reaching thing yeah it was like hey Mm -hmm. wait what the fuck does this mean and it's it was such a good 
time to just shift the focus onto those indie creators who were doing dope yes. stuff. And like we recorded like in our batch recordings, like who knows when this will come out. But yeah, <laughs> it's an episode with um Ryan, the guy that did Perils and Princesses, which we're all gonna play when we I was come about on to say. five and we're very yes. excited for it. We literally just got off of that right before right mm-hmm. before you. Um oh, and goodness. yeah, like just talking to him about the game, designing it, the the whole creative process behind it, but then also like the different mechanics that um he's made into this game, as well as like where the inspiration comes from. And it's like yeah. there's so many cool like independent uh like creators in the TTRPG space yeah. um that really fit like all all manner of like different play styles. We have a friend Bex who like her full time job with us as a party is she's our third party person so she backs like a bunch of kickstarters for all these third party like you know indie content and then brings it to our table and we're like oh no yeah this is dope as fuck like we're gonna we're gonna play with this Mm -hmm. so of like of like indie games that you guys have played which ones have been your favorites if you've played any so we've mostly only had like a like 5e experience there's been a few cases Mm -hmm. where we've kind of delved outside of that like um like mariah has started dming vampire the masquerade Mm -hmm. um but that's white wolf so white wolf is they're not as much as much of a behemoth as like D and D wizards of the coast but they're still they're still out here they're still a big um i have some experience with um like like mariah mentioned tether um it's this really cool like two-person written rp uh game where basically Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like you have you're both playing two different characters that are set in two different timelines. So one person's in the past, one person's in the future. You're interconnected with a like a journal and you're able to communicate with journal entries that are happening live for the both of you. So the person in the past is also reading the journal entries of the person in the future as they're happening. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of similar to where it, you work at, before you start the game, you create the world together, you create like, you know, what kind of the setting, the people that are there, um, where, like where regionally you are, as well as you set like, you know, points of interest and like mysteries. And the whole thing is that there is like some kind of entity. It's completely left ambiguous and Mm -hmm. up to the, to the players to kind of figure out as they start going. And there's some prompts in there. So as you get to a new journal entry, um, I believe you draw a card and it gives you like a section of prompts and then you roll a die to see which prompt you get. So it'll be it'll be something like someone important in the town has died. Um, how ex- explain in your journal entry how they died and how it's connected to this entity. And so then you have to write your journal entry as if you are your person in your timeline and what happened and like you start developing the story based off of previous events that have gone on from the other journal entries right. and like the entity will start manifesting as you go and you're slowly piecing together like yeah. information about that and what's going on and trying to learn from but it is the coolest yeah. like organic way to build a world and it's like it's happening live in front of you um and it's meant to be played like over the course of a few weeks and it's very much like you answer your journal entry when you kind of have time so that way you're like there's like the suspense and the build of like Mm -hmm. and then you see your your partner like has posted you're like oh shit i gotta go read it and like yeah did the monster get you or like what's happening i think i think one uh i played it with my friend oak 
Um, and we had like some like seaside a town very like conservative they're like you know they're they don't like outsiders yeah yeah and so i was playing yeah i was playing like the one in the past and i was a a a school teacher and like i had originally left but then my mom died and she was the previous school teacher and i came back for the funeral ended up staying as this as the teacher um, and then he played a little boy in the future that was the son of one of my students. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so we were communicating back and forth that way. And like, uh, I think it was like, there was like strange people in the town that like, in my time, there was like a little boy that came and he with like an outsider family and like, mm-hmm. it was just giving the creepy jeebies yeah. and stuff of this boy was like running around at night doing weird shit. And that boy is now an older man in his timeline, still doing creepy still- shit, still yeah. running around doing weird shit talking to fish people and so it was so cool to play off of that yeah talking to (laughs) like so cool to to play off of that and watch it like authentically just build off of itself Mm -hmm. i wish there was a video version of this because i'm sitting here with like wonder in my eyes and my mouth like open like oh my gosh yeah it's so cool this sounds amazing yeah it sounds really the and it creates the suspense so naturally and that's yeah. awesome. Like, I think for me, I did a one shot years ago, like pre quarantine when I first moved out to Austin. of just like an online one shot through a meetup group with uh, like a modified kids on bikes. Also, oh, yeah. I don't remember. That is the one system I haven't played. And I'm like ashamed to admit it because like everyone's played kids on yeah. bikes. So I'm like, I haven't. I remember that I really liked it. I don't remember how the mechanics were kids on bikes is actually the one that they're using for mentopolis and they also use like a modified version of it for on dimension 20s like the magic and misfits i think gabria was the one that brought that system in there yeah Yeah. because it like has the exploding dice and stuff like that i also really love the blades in the dark system i've not i've never played it but it's on my like it's the top of my list of games that i either want to run and or play Mm-hmm. As well oh, as I yeah. just backed the Magnus Archives TTRPG yes. that's coming out, and I will be holding everyone at gunpoint for that. <laughs> once I, I also just I now that I'm thinking, I just on backed it. one that was like I think it's like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to look it up, but it's it's one about like folklore and like yeah. horror. Um, oh yeah, the um. Give me two. Here it is. Yeah. Do that. Uh, the guys that the the people that do Legends of uh, Evantress, um, which they're also so funny. They pop up on my stuff all the time. Yeah, I'll um, associate them with that one TikTok where like it was the five like it appeared that there were like satyrs and then there weren't satyrs. They were hags and the guys like now I have to fight with an erection. <laughs> yeah, and I'm oh, like no. that's ever associated. If I can find that TikTok, I'll send I'll send it in the Discord. Yeah, they're incredibly funny. Uh, but then I saw that they were launching a Kickstarter, um, and it is the Crooked Moon, um, and yeah, it's based on like it's like a folk horror. It's five E compatible mm-hmm. um, type deal, and it just looks so fucking good. And I was like, no, immediately, good. immediately, give it to me, please. Thank you. Whoa, also, <laughs> Old Gods insane. of Appalachia. Mm. I listened to a few episodes of Old Gods podcast, and like it's quite gory 
and I'm going to have yeah. to listen to more of it when I'm in a better mental state. Oh, yeah. But yes. um, especially with Blades in the Dark, too. That one you have to be careful with because that can get dark quick. Yeah. Like some things, there's just like there's very specific topics that I'm like, oh, this isn't great for my mental illness brain. Mm-hmm. And like one of the first episodes of Old Gods of Appalachia hit on that a little bit. And I'm like, cool. I would did not read trigger warnings and that's on me. Um, (laughs) oh no (laughs) i was fine it wasn't like anything dramatic it was just like a little uncomfy yeah 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 that's so i i know that our dm for um our dm teddy for like our kind of horror western takes some inspiration from there um well that's like i asked him i was like if you're not watching that shit you need to and he's like noah i keep that thing on me (laughs) and i'm like okay great that explains a lot that um, explains so much about what we're like, going this through. This has big Teddy energy. Like, so he needs to <laughs> yeah. consume it if he is not. But it's it's so good and so cool. The jam is like, I'm watching it right now while, like, staring you in the eyes. Literally. Yeah, and he's like, and I need you to stop because you're going to spoil shit for yourself. Like the dear monster, the dear God is within me. <laughs> so please stop now. Yeah. Oh, man, I love when players, like, put things together. It makes me so happy. Oh, yeah. It's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. I just recently made a whole post because I'm like, I am I'm a terrible liar and my face shows fucking everything that I'm yeah. going through. So oftentimes, yeah. like my players will be sitting here and they're having their like post session conspiracy theories or they'll start asking me questions. And there are times when I'm like, my face is going to give away everything mm-hmm. and I'm trying to hold on to these secrets for dear life. Yeah. So there's times where they'll, they'll start talking and you just watch me like slowly turn around in the couch to like face a corner because I'm like <laughs> if they in the corner. Yeah, because I'm like if they watch my face they're going to know. <laughs> yeah. At like, some we point just... you're just going to have to like buy a veil. Yeah, just, literally. Like, everyone's literally. Me a thing and you put the veil over your face you're like alright guys have fun. Yeah, cool. Like, like I'm having quiet time in my enclosure. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we just had our last Strixhaven session was my character Anya's like kind of finale to her arc. And it was like her parents had been turned into like a fucking monstrosity. And like we knew they were no no longer with us and had like gone to the fantasy rainbow bridge. But it was yeah. like it was oh. real bad. And I knew that it was gonna be rough because Ollie told me that she had pitched the idea to Oak. Cause like within our I have an entire council of DMs in a secret part of my server. Yeah, there's like a DM circle within the Strixhaven server. And Oak was like, you're a fucking psychopath. Um, And I'm like, well, that's bad. He's a bad one to say that because he doesn't really pull his punches as a DM. And he's been known to do some wackadoodle stuff himself. Mm -hmm. So if he's like, hey, yo, this is a a lot of energy. Then I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to be emotionally damaged. But I have asked for this and consented to it. Oh, yeah. So I had to stop yeah. asking because, like, at first I was like, is it this? Is it that? Like, I was trying to float some ideas, but I mostly do it over text. And then I was like, I have to stop asking because I'm either giving me ideas. I don't want to spoil it for myself. I'm going to give you better. Like, I'm going to give you ideas. And, like, my brain is just going further and further and further down, like, the <laughs> awful paths. <laughs> so I'm like, I must, I simply must stop. Um, You're expecting the worst at, like, every turn. I, I like to think I, I surprised you, though. You did. Yeah. Um, my par- <laughs> like, both my parents had been tortured. They were killed and um, sewn together into a homunculus that was also part plant. Yep. <gasps> Shit was rough. Buddy. Oh, my gosh. And the But, like, the way that the scene played out of of them, like, entering the, the final battle was so cinematically good. I'm really, really yes. fucking proud of that scene. 
and like the die the dice told a story. It was, I think you rolled three twos in a row. Yep, because no. we we're trying to break three. <laughs> yeah, like I have uh, Anya's my first character that I have had a specific set of dice for her, and I only roll those dice. Mm-hmm. I don't touch any other dice for that mm-hmm. character, whether it's rolling. All 18s, 19s, and 20s are all 1s, 2s, and 3s. Like, I only roll that set of dice for her because they're plot dice. And, yeah, there's one where, like, we were trying to free one of, like, the one of the D, well, one of, like, the Dean of Growth of, like, the kind of druidic nature-y Witherbloom campus was the one that was responsible for killing on his parents and her because she was turned into a reborn. And, like, that's what they were trying to do. Um, Yeah, it's right. It's she's I mean, she's very traumatized. It's gotten <laughs> much worse, which I like. I as a player am living for, but like it's rough for her. It's um, like escapism trauma. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Where yeah, I do I process things through D and D. Yep. Am I gonna expound on that? No, probably not. <laughs> um, not outside therapy. Um, but like I was trying to free the other dean who had been like red herringed as because he's like a Saranos kind of like monster. Like he, mm-hmm. he's like a creepy abomination. Yes. Looks so like a. He looks like, like a cryptid. Was yeah, like he would oh, be. I love cryptids. the more dangerous one. So like I was trying to free him and I couldn't. And then like Anya heard, like some like some noises and noises and like moaning coming from down the hall. So I thought I'm like, oh fuck, there's a horde of reborns coming and they're gonna oh, no. bum rush us. And there's a force wall in between where we're at trying to free the fucking Dean and all of our guardians are fighting the other that was set, the bat Dean. Because we could not have fought her. We would have fucking died. That would have been a TPK for sure. Immediately. So we're on the wrong side of the goddamn force wall because, and so is like everybody with the big bonking ability. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're busy. So I'm like, we cannot have, like we have to get this Dean free. So he can fight with us mm-hmm. before he turns into a monster because, like, he he wouldn't have hurt. He, like, couldn't have hurt any of the students. But, like, so you don't want him to turn into a monster and then fucking get out yeah. of this murder dungeon. Like, yeah. bad. So oh, I, Anya told Alyssa's character, Jack, you know, go shut the door. And so Jack goes and then Jack doesn't make it. It's a big ass room. So Jack gets over there in time for, like, the two hands, like click around the door and it drags and then uh both Anya and I were like oh fuck we shouldn't have sent Jack to go shut the door because there was not enough time um and then yeah like the homunculus drags itself into into the the, room like into the doorway into the room and Jack knew Anya's like father so he recognized like parts of her father Baron's face in the homunculus oh my gosh yeah like the last um I think two that Anya rolled or something was like because she had turned she heard it and she's like don't look don't look don't look because we had I had a feeling that it was there was a hint earlier from like a guy we kind of took hostage a bit mm-hmm. it was said like oh the other couple was like sewn together so I was like well fuck that's her parents God oh my gosh it. and I'm like I don't know what that means but it's something very very bad um and but then Anya turned. And to paint the scene cinematically, Jack was, he has like one of those like magic back tattoos that chains you to the ground so you can't mm-hmm. be pushed. So that's how he was holding the line. 
And so he's getting like slam attacked by this like corpse flower homunculus like monstrosity. Which Jack's Jack is a barbarian. So if anyone was gonna get gonna take that damage, slammed, yeah. He was the most equipped to do. He's a dragonborn barbarian. So like right at the point of like Hefty. I think yeah, I think Jack's in Jack's turn, he had like yelled for help. And then the thing like raises itself up for like one of those slam attacks as you rolled that too. And then turned, turned, noticed it. Yeah, because I like stacked this great attack of like I had like divine smite and like another like raffle smite or something where I was like I'm gonna cut cut this cut clean free. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be great. I've stacked like all my abilities, and of course I roll fucking two because that always happens when you're like I'm gonna burn all my shit yep. on this one roll. Um, this is my hail mary. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And then so I like Anya turned and saw the thing. And, like, it was very late, so I had to be like, she has a scream that I will not do because Ollie's mother is asleep in the house. So it's like, <laughs> there was a quick interlude where I was like, I'll just have to drive to an academy parking lot or some shit. And, like, and scream into my phone. <laughs> um, So I can demo it for everyone. But, like, she just kind of broke. And, like, Anya's a paladin of a death god that Ollie and I homebrewed. Um, and so... She's, like, screaming, falling over, losing her shit. And we kind of had uh, Valentine, the other thing, got free. And uh, Anya's god, McCall, ended up using kind of Valentine as a conduit to mm-hmm. sort of appear, like, corporally in front of Anya. And it was a very, like, sad and sweet moment because we had him, like, be, like, more and later handle this and, like, pick her up and hand her her sword and put her helm down. Yeah. And then she realized, like, saw because valentine bex's character had like turned off the last thing that we needed to like to free him free valentine and yeah then it was like there was a very sad little conversation where he's like how do you want to do this basically and she's like i want it to be fast but it won't be because we're gonna have to hack and slash my way through my and he's like i can do it stitch together corpse um yeah so anya like gets on valentine's back and like valentine was like the mini you got for him was incredible. It's like a blend of like a wolf and a spider and like a big It's cat. like a full abomination. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And so she was like on his back and there were these kind of like pincery spidery like things that he was like holding her down with as he galloped like across. And it was it was kind of funny because there was a moment where he like turned because Jack was still over there and then Callista was like starting to look. He's like, all right, everybody get the like get, get up, the fuck out, out of the way. <laughs> Because if anybody hits Valentine, like, they get absorbed into his shit. Them. So he's like, nobody fucking hit me. Get out of the way. Like, yeah. move. And then Anya rides the abomination over and he tears through the bulk of uh-huh. the homunculus. Um, so she's still have real, like, bad nightmares about those sounds. Uh, and then yeah. lets her off and she drove her sword through the Did the killing the blow and stuff. Of of it because that's what was keeping them animated and sort of keeping their spirits her parents spirits trapped uh and nice. then she just like fell apart. hi i'm a psychopath yeah <laughs> just but a it was, little bit it was so it was so fucking good and like i'm fucked up for this like when i first pitched the idea i was like how traumatic can this be and i said yes and i was like fantastic. bet Full bet. We're sending it all the way. In retrospect, I after yeah. like I was like, okay, I have two, <laughs> I have two conditions. One, like they're like 
uh, Anya's mom had Rhoda Griffin. Like, as her, as her, like, she was a ranger, she, like, her mounted combatant. I was like, no harm can come to the Griffin, because I simply can't deal with that. Um, and then, like, just that one. Like, other Griffins, I don't, like. But that specific one. That specific Griffin has to live and not be injured. I cannot have a fucking reborn homunculus Griffin. <laughs> I can't <laughs> do that. And then, like, her godparents that had, like. Taken custody. Taken custody and held her. I was like, they can't be involved in any kind of backstabbing, you know, mm-hmm. killing of her parents. And that wasn't a problem. Thing. No. Yeah. I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. As long as it's not those, I'm like, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like absolutely the best moment I've ever had playing any kind of tabletop RPG. <laughs> and like, I didn't know... Because I'm not always able to make myself cry on command. Like, I can get emotional. I can yell. I can be, like, angry. I can, like, sound choked up or whatever. But I didn't know if I would actually be able to cry. And that wasn't a problem. I think I made you cry three times. You did. (laughs) You did. And then I also cried myself. Yeah, as a GM, consensually making your players cry is, like, a massive fucking package of honor. Yeah, I mean, it's also it's, like I knew it was oh. it was hard for Ale because I was visibly upset, and like it's not yeah. you're like you're not someone who like genuinely finds joy in hurting no. the people you care about. So it was a thing where yeah. like I could tell that you were getting the letters and like feeling like you like instinctually wanted to pull back, and I'm like, but I get it, it's fine. Like it, <laughs> we we've <laughs> talked about it as the it's the struggle of. Like, I like it's it's those moments of like having to play the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then being, yeah, like not not a good person at the table because you're playing, you're you're embodying a bad person, um, and like visually seeing discomfort in your players because of like the nature of the scene, yeah, um, being what it is, and then fighting those natural instincts. At least for me, where I'm like, oh, I'm causing my friends discomfort. I shouldn't do this. I'm like, no, this is this is the scene that we're playing out. This is yes. the character that like they're meant to be yeah. caught, like should be. causing like, that effect. You texted me like early the next morning to check in, and I was like, I'm honestly fine. Yeah, like it. it yeah. that should not have been comfortable. It shouldn't have been comfortable for me to play or to be in. It shouldn't have been comfortable for anyone to watch. Like that should have been dark. And yeah, like that that was the point. And it was, was meant to be a high tension scene. Yeah, yeah, to tell yeah. and. I I loved that because it very much did. The stakes were high and there was a million ways that could have gone tits up. And <laughs> yeah. Like me nervously being like, I hope these bitches bring their like much more powerful guardians because otherwise I'm gonna have to figure out how they're not going to die immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we ended up handling it really well. Yeah, was- I think I'll handle it really good. Good. I'm yeah I have like we would love down the line to like turn that that take the recording so we record the campaign for ourselves, mm-hmm. but to like turn it into something else of yeah like and a little animated series would be cute. ideally ideally that yeah yeah and that would yeah I'm that's one of those scenes that I'm incredibly proud of of how that how that went and also this was at like four in the morning right? <laughs> yeah because oh that was an gosh. eight that was an 18 hour session that we had played it was rough and so all of this like severe emotional damage happened at like literally four in the morning <laughs> and then we slept for like three hours and got up and played our other campaign the next day yeah it was it I was, was a marathon until 4 a.m playing Baldur's gate is that the same thing 
About, about, Hat, yeah. yeah. Depending <laughs> on where you're at in Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah, there's some traumatic shit in there. So I'm going to backtrack massively. Oh, go for, it. go for it. You mentioned cryptid. And oh, yeah. This is also a completely different, like, tonal shift. So oh, go for it. My One of my best friends and original co-creators, Mika, he created a one-pager called My Boyfriend is a Cryptid. I saw you post about it, and I was like, yes. (laughs) So it's basically like all these cryptids on a dating show trying to get with the bachelor bachelorette. And let me tell you, you play that game specifically to flirt with your friends. I love it. Specifically to flirt with your friends. Like, if you play a game like that and the GM is not in love with you, by the end, you've done something wrong. Yes. Oh, God. As someone that, like, literally my, most of the joy that I find in a lot of RPG games, I'm like, one, if I can't customize my character mm-hmm. and I can't uh-huh. romance people, not a good game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's and that's so my excited. metric. That's my litmus test for games. And I will not apologize yeah. for it. Like, um, I am. Same. Yeah. We also play a lot of, like, like Monster High and, like, the yeah. like, Monster oh, yeah. Summer Camp where it's just It's dating just dating camp. monsters. Yeah. And it's so fun. It is so fun. Like, for my character, like, my favorite cryptid of all time is Mothman. Like, love my favorite animal. Oh, my God, I love favorite. him. Right? And so I have a like, giant like, moth tattoo on my I, That's mm-hmm. part of mine. I have the Ellie tattoo to from The Last of Us Part 2, and it has the moth on it. Oh. So that's – and I'm going to get, obviously, more moth tattoos because why not? And so I asked Mika, I was like, hey, is it okay if I adjust Mothman to be Moth Mommy? And he yes. was like, yes. <gasps> yes. yes. So uh, and like the big the like tufts in the chest and be like, these are, these are, my, these are my fluffy bitties. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Okay, well, now I've got to play the game again. Um, so you're welcome. another thing in Taz Dusk Season 2. Um, Griffin plays Indrid Cold, like what's Mothman. Who is Mothman, from, yeah. Um, <gasps> Taz Amnesty. Um, so listen to Taz Dust if you haven't. It's good shit. They run it on Blades in the Dark, and it's very good. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I've been obsessed with yeah. that. It's very short and concise, but I've been obsessed with that system That's nice. since I listened to that. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna have to try that again because I had so much. So like, for every game I play, especially live, I must do some sort of cosplay, even if nobody else in the cast mm-hmm. is doing it. You're like, I need to dress up. Yes, including if I'm the DM. I still yeah. do it in some form or fashion. And uh, people have to go look on my social media for it. But I posted a photo of my makeup for Moth Mommy, and it was probably the best makeup I have ever done because Love. I turned my eyebrows into wings. And then coming oh. from like the inner corners of my eyebrows, I turned into the antennas. So it looks like my eyebrows were like the moth wings with antennas. And when I cl- I put on like intense red eye makeup, so when I closed my eyes, I had it looked eyes. like the Mothman eyes. Incredible. Yes, all eyes on your Instagram. So yeah, I'm Scroll. fucking furiously <laughs> scrolling. <laughs> it's there, and it was so much fun. And I'm like, I need to do that again because it's just so fun. Yeah, dressing up is 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 its own like unique kind of fun for for like sessions and stuff. Um, I also did want to ask, uh, because we've been, like, toying around with the idea, and say since you're someone that, like, has, like, again, self-proclaimed, you have existed in the TTRPG space <laughs> almost exclusively, like, on streams and things like that. Yeah. 
Um, because we have the the struggle of like, for example, Strixhaven. It's one of those that like we started it not with the intention to release that game to to the world. And we've mm-hmm. also like discussed it as a group and we're like, you know, I really feel like I would rather keep this like our own private game if we want to do something with the recordings later, mm-hmm. sure. But we just didn't want like the RP that's happening at the table to be affected with the the scope of the knowledge that it's being recorded yeah we're going to consume it um so we're like we've we've made the decision to keep that one private but then we're also like completely okay if we if we start a campaign with the purpose of like this is going to be produced Mm -hmm. and released to to an audience we're okay with that and so i wanted to ask you like how does that how like how do you approach role play it with the I, the knowledge that it's going to be released to like an audience. <clears throat> Let me sit up in my chair and get all get all ready. Hell yeah. Um it's soup it's actually incredibly unique. So the first thing we do is consider so we have our set lines and veils that are typical for nearly every single game. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the no isms, you know, those types of things yeah read the entire list but it's kind of long um and we actually just uh talked with stella luna who's also in the rpg space um about some additional like forms for consent and lines mm-hmm. and veils those no. are the number one thing you can think of especially because so there's two ways to go about it you've got normal fun crazy hilarious games which is kind of where we most focus but then there's the other side where there's the more serious 10 candles blades in the dark especially coming vampire the October, vampire yeah, the masquerade yeah. like you run. have to be so serious about that mm-hmm. because uh, especially in regards to content warnings and trigger warnings so one of my big things is making sure that the cast that we curate is ones that we have played with before and we mm-hmm. know that they have followed these rules before. And mm-hmm. we know they can bring the role play that can be consumed. Because games games that are recorded and games that are shown to live viewers are a performance. Yeah. Yep. And that's exactly what they are. It's somebody putting on an improv story. And so once we have finished with all of the consent, you know, go through the book stuff, everything, make sure everything is good. And we've curated the cast. We've got our session zero, where we typically will go through kind of like, here's your character stuff, you know, here's what other people have in mind. Because when we when we create the characters together, people are more prepared for what's going to happen, <laughs> especially being able to get a vibe check of the other characters, all sorts of everything. So once you're able to do that, it gives a lot more, especially for me, a comfy feeling that I'm ready for this to be on our channel because lots of people watch. And so everything you say and do, you have to make sure that you're okay with it being associated to you as Mm -hmm, well as mm -hmm. people are going to be listening. This shit's on the internet forever. And so you always have to be careful. So as long as those people, especially, it's almost like an unwritten thing sometimes. It's like the people that we have on know that. Mm -hmm. We vet everybody that comes on the channel and make sure that they are a right fit. Um, And so that's kind of like how, in like a high-level overview, how we prepare. You've got to go through the appropriate steps. And then when you go live, you we do 30 minutes before 
to do technically tech check, but mm-hmm. I also mm-hmm. do it to vibe check again with everybody and be like, hey, how's everybody feeling? You know, do you have any additional questions? Making sure that everything is okay because not only is the viewership's comfortability a huge mm-hmm. factor, but it's the players. If they are not comfortable and don't feel well enough prepared, then we've done something wrong. And yeah, we need to be able to true. fix that because it's their face up there. This is the thing that they're experiencing and they need to be able to feel good about it. Gotcha. That's really interesting because also like, also from the perspective of like, uh, you know, Mariah and I are pretty like experienced players. We've got, I mean, between the two of us, I think we both got about like five yeah. years of experience playing at tables, both in person and online. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we're now, now with table talk and like, we're not anywhere near ready to like produce our own thing just now, but you know, we're coming on to, to play with y'all and we're also coming on to, to play with, uh, talking XP and like potentially more feature things. So it's, it's good to like have that in mind mm-hmm. especially coming into it from like obviously like not that i would ever be like disingenuous in how i like i portrayed a character or my role play but it is something it is something that you have to factor in to how you're presenting yourself at at those tables and in those spaces yeah and yes. it's always something i've thought about because like um johnny talking xp he's doing candela he's doing a series of candela obscure mm-hmm. streams which like we've all chatted about in the discord which is but- actually gonna be a three-part series on rule d5 so excited (laughs) like we had session zero for that uh probably a week or so ago and we ended up we kind of yeah all finalized our characters during that and like knit our backstories together a bit and like that was really helpful as far as like getting excited goes and like kind of getting over initial nerves but yeah i've definitely thought about because like it is an improv performance yeah yep and like it's it's still a game and it's still fun but it's like you were there for someone to consume it as well as for your enjoyment. And Mm -hmm. like, I have been thinking about like how that will affect like my RP in the moment. And how Mm -hmm. do you, cause I know like I had a thing when I ran the first, my first like vampire, the masquerade um, game of, I was very hyper aware of like, Oh, am I being engaging enough? Am I being entertaining Mm -hmm. enough? And like, Mm -hmm. you, you don't, when you're just playing like in a house with your friends, it's yeah. you don't have as much worry about that, right? Because you can always like redo yes. a scene. You can like take a break and have like laugh on over, it. like yeah. some mm-hmm. dumb shit like screaming in an academy parking lot. But it's like we're not gonna do like you don't do that when it's live and it's first being recorded and exactly. published for someone to consume. And something and, yeah. that people don't think about too, especially when you're live, is when it's not your turn. When it's not your turn, like, especially for me, I'm super conscious of it. When it's not my turn, I'm 90% of the time still in character or at least giving immense facial expressions because Mm -hmm. when you come into a stream and somebody's doing this RP, you know, they're having their thing there, it's their turn. And then you look at the other players and their like heads are down on their their phones or they're looking really bored. It's like... Nobody wants to watch that. They want to see the other players' reactions. React. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super important. So yeah. sometimes I'll tell people in the stream, it's like, hey, unmute yourself. We want to hear you laugh. We want to hear you gasp. We want to mm-hmm. hear all of that because the audience wants to hear it. They're reacting at this at the same time as you. Mm-hmm. They all yeah, want I, that. 
And I also thought about giving, like, my Candela Obscura character, like, a little, like, tick, like an ADHD. Like, she'd be her fidgets with, like, a fidget toy or something that's not uh-huh. noisy. Or, like, like I have a tendency to rock. Like, yeah. So, like, maybe she does something. Something passive, yeah. Something like that yeah. to where I get a little bit of motion for, like, attention. And then also it's something where I'm not just sitting and, like, thousands of so staring into my webcam. Because I was, like trying to think of ways to mm-hmm. yeah like you said of like yes i'm engaged but sometimes like i don't especially look like I'm ADHD. Engaged. <laughs> yeah. yeah i am constantly yeah. playing with something in my hands always and i'm always spinning back and forth in my chair like i'm like this is just how it's gonna be and i will play with whatever toy i can find in my hands mm-hmm. i love that that's that's a really good thing that like i hadn't even like really thought of yet of Mm -hmm. like oh still being on while like it's not your turn yeah um and and understanding that you're being perceived yeah Yeah, everybody is watching everybody and that's what makes for me so it's kind of funny i have the opposite problem of some people of like like kind of like this going from at home games to live for me it's going from live games to at home games i Mm -hmm. don't know how to do anything (laughs) i'm like i'm like constantly like i need to perform blah 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 because everything i've done is a performance and i'm like how do i just be chill you're like i have one setting it's 11 yeah yeah (laughs) that's all i got which is great but it's it just depends yeah i guess it depends if you're with a group that like also really likes rp and is very like dynamic in that then it's awesome because like you're bringing a lot of energy and that and other people are also that yet it just it snowballs but no yeah like if you're playing with a group that's more like combat focused or like super chill and like like, they're not really into the sliding across the table like you're in a larp then yeah that can get a little awkward yeah and that's that's something important too especially with the cast so especially when you do productions like we do which is one shots nearly every single week so it's a new cast nearly every single week it's so important too on my side to keep an eye out for who works best with certain people and Mm -hmm. matching other people with others that I hadn't thought of before to see how it changes the chemistry of the cast itself and then notate who works best with certain people to be able to bring a higher elevated performance. Especially for like future future uh sessions and future future one shots. Yeah, exactly. Because people are watching and if these people are super fun to watch and they vibe super well, then I know that that's going to be something key and important in a future episode if those two are able to play together yeah. again. Or if, like, there's two people that just, they have more of, like, a mellow uh, personality and they, you know, they do great in every other way. They're just a little bit more of a mellow person. It's like, okay, we don't want three of those. <laughs> we yes. want maybe yeah. two. And have mm-hmm. uh, an equal division of personalities and role-playing strategies to be able to bring a variance to the games. And that's why uh, for Roll D5, we have gotten um, like incredibly into ensuring diversity. And I know mm-hmm. this is gonna, it sounds super weird coming from a white girl because <laughs> I because I don't have a ton of or really any experience as some other people do. So that's why 
we make sure, especially with uh, Julie, who just stepped in as um, as a co-creator, has been helping immensely, um, especially mm-hmm. just the human. Just the human reached out uh, because we were scheduling a game. And they said, hey, just so you know, I do not play on any cast that do not have two or more BIPOC people on it. And I mm-hmm. messaged the whole team and I was like, hey, we have this. This is now our goal. Tell me anybody yeah. that you want to be at these tables. We will vet them and we will get them on. So Julie yeah. um, has has been so awesome. There's a you'll have to like you'll there's a we have a show called that we just premiered called Roll D Talks and it's T A L K S where we talk about the shows that and the games that we played that past month. Yeah, kind of like the post session, yeah, chat detoxing. Yeah, (laughs) we love our play and change (laughs) of words over here. Um, We love a good pun and a little bit of alliteration for the people. Like it's good, right? And so Julie does uh, Gubat Banwa. It's a martial arts, tactics, and war tabletop game, and it is Mm -hmm. so cool. It is absolutely fascinating. So it's a unique Southwest Asian-inspired fantasy setting. And so not very many people would know about that game. If Mm -hmm. the people who are not within that area to recognize it and say, oh, my gosh, I feel seen. And that's what we want. We're going to have like an all Spanish stream coming up in the next like month or two to reach Ooh. out to other people and so we are i'm a latina so but anyway hey you you speak <laughs> spanish wait we're yes looking i do for the cast right now if you want to be part is it of wait it, is the session going to be in spanish yes oh my spanish is not good enough <laughs> i oh, get no. so nervous i'm gonna use that session to like as watching to practice comprehension I I would get so nervous. No, yeah, like I came here when I was like seven, so I forgot Spanish for a little bit, and then I had to relearn it. And like I'm conversational and stuff, yeah. But like, I do sound like a fucking gringa, and it is like a subconscious (laughs) thing. Oh no! Uh, You also get shit for like the Venezuelan, yeah, way of which like, eh, well, like to other to like other Latinos, I sound Venezuelan, but then my mom, my my whole family is like, you sound like an American girl, and I'm like, well, damn. (laughs) You're like, I'm so sorry. Please. I'm like, well, whose fault is that? I was a baby and you let me forget. It's like, no, it's not that. Like, weirdly, everyone loves because like Venezuelan Spanish is beautiful. Well, here's 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 my little fucking thing. All other Latinos think that Venezuelans sound beautiful. Yes. We're like little hillbillies. Like we be throwing half the letters out and we're cursing like like a motherfucker. Um we we're southern. We're very crude um, in in how we talk to each other, and I just find it hilarious that like other other like Latin Americans and and Hispanics will like listen to us talk, and they're like, "Oh, I love your accent," and I'm like, "We are some backwater." It's a pretty accent, though. To be it's fair. a pretty accent, it's but true. I'm like, half it the time, good. We chuck those letters out the window. <laughs> and, um, I love that. Well, if you find that you want to do it, let me know, but. We're going to have that all Spanish stream, and then we're going to have an all AAPI cast to do Avatar, the Avatar RPG, in, I think, January is when we're playing that. That's cool. Guys, I plan streams at least two to three months in advance. I don't know that's if that's wonderful. healthier you kind of have You kind of have to, though, it, when you're doing as many as you're healthy. doing. With yeah. so many people's schedules are just crazy. 
And so like if there's somebody that we really want on the channel, I'm like, we will do a different day just for you. Yeah. I'm like, it's I like, told hey. Yeah. And I told Don Marshall that. Um, for people that don't know, it's Don Marshall 72, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, obscure facts guy see mm -hmm. will always come up yeah um was on the channel and i was and we were able to uh set the i think we ended up still doing it for wednesday but i was like i will do whatever you need to get you to do this because it's yeah, so like, we'll do sunday morning brand, right like, yeah. Yeah. Do sunday morning and like it was fantastic and then like natalie knew like new to you yeah Oh my gosh, she oh, was a fangirling yeah. heart. She was one of the first people that I ever followed on TikTok. And mm -hmm. uh eventually like reached out. I was one of those like shoot my shot kind of a thing. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. I did. And then I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to. Oh my gosh, she just messaged me literally right now. I think her. Oh yeah. We're out. we're interviewing her right after yeah. you. Yeah. And so it was great because it turns out too that she lives like two cities away from me. And Ooh. like we're in the same state. And so we ended up becoming good friends. And mm -hmm. I, oh my gosh, I love the RPG space and how kind people are, especially like, it's so nice. It's and lovely. XP Johnny for like spreading the word of Rule D5, especially being so new on threads, like coming mm -hmm. from an established place and then coming over. Like you guys showed us so much love that like I almost cried. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, like, no, this shit is great. It's great. And yeah. we're going to blast it. But it was like so us coming beautiful. in, like the podcast being so new, yeah. of like, you guys seem so established. And like, you've been, it seems like you've been doing this for like oh. so long. Yeah. It's, and we're just fresh little babies. <laughs> Which yeah, is crazy it is. Because when I first found you guys on Threads, I was like, I was like, oh man, I maybe I should have been following these guys years ago. And I just never have. And I was like, and no, I, girl, we started when Threads did. <laughs> Literally, we which is so hilarious because it feels like it was like pre-established. You guys had been doing this for a while, and I was like, "Man, I can't believe I didn't know about them already." And then I was like, "Oh, good, I'm coming in right at the right at the end, right at the beginning." Yes. Yeah, it made me so yeah, happy. That, that little Discord server we've made of just like, oh my gosh, content creator, so D and D nerdy content creator people is like so precious to me because it's, it's so, so nice to have that place to just hang out and like. Mm -hmm scream into the void or like get advice on stuff yeah if you need to or and it personalizes post. an industry that can seem so overwhelming sometimes yes. yeah or even just post and asterian thirst traps just post just asterian that, thirst yeah. traps please yeah, yeah. that's like all and I to this <laughs> yeah yes, i love it and to harken back a little bit to um I saw those eyes. Fucking, I just say harken back to so often. I, I don't love, realize it. I love a good. I'm a little 1800s dead, Victorian boy, and it's, it's fine. Okay. I said, <laughs> oh my gosh, like eight times. So I'm like, maybe I should just take a shot for every time I say that. Yeah. That's me editing for every fucking time I say like. Yeah. I'm like, I would like to burn that out of my brain. <laughs> Um, but well, there's a little lad inside all of us. You can say you yeah. are into. Yeah, but to 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 throw it back uh, to like the OGL stuff because like yeah. we we had been tossing around the idea of this podcast for a while, mm -hmm. and potentially also doing like you know streaming our our actual play and all that stuff. And then the OGL things things happen, and we were very much coming from a a D and D five E centered space. Yeah. So we were like, fuck, <laughs> put the brakes, kind of put the 
brakes on it a lot. And so we were like, I think you and I were starting to make a little bit of headway into like actually making this podcast happen. Yeah. And then we that put a damper some- mm-hmm. uh, because we were like, well, I don't want to start this thing only to have the fucking big daddy wizards of the coast be yeah. like, hey, ma'am, you can't make no money off of this without giving me most of it. Right. Like um, one of the main supports is like of this industry kind of yeah. getting axed. Yeah. And are the rub pulled out from under us. And I mean, the lovely thing about kind of what we do and how we've set it up is like similar to what you guys do with like a ton of indie creators is like we've also set ourselves up to do that and for mm-hmm. us to create stuff. And like, yeah, we talk about D&D, but we also really try to talk about other GTRPGs and get yeah. as much exposure to them as we can. Yeah. And like just de- decentralizing D&D, <laughs> like Wizards of the yeah. Coast a little bit. Because um, there's so much even like like third party content for 5e that's fantastic. Yeah. And 5e mm-hmm. is a great system. It really um, is, especially with like all of the like uh, additions supplements that are out there. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. make it even bigger. Exactly. And even better. Exactly. So like I'm I'm glad that shit got settled because then once okay. it was like, okay, we're good. Um but then yeah, we got a stressful like few weeks. Yeah. Stressful yeah. few weeks for even just like we weren't even in the space yet. And we were like, damn, this this cool idea that we've had cooking is now getting like shot dead in the water before we even get it get it off the off the ground. But then also just all the all the other content creators that we support and we love and we like yeah. even the big ones like Dimension 20 and Critical Role that we were like, hey, yo, what the like, fuck? What does that mean? Yeah. Which like luckily uh-huh. What it's meant is even those big content creators are making their own thing. Like, and they're like, "Cool, you wanna you wanna fuck around? Or, Best yeah, find like out." Brennan Lee Mulligan and Abria and Eric okay. Ishi doing like Worlds Beyond Number, yeah, and like them kind of branching out and into their own things, building their own things, and that that's been really cool to see. But yeah, it was a weird week where it's like, "Damn, do I have like a moral obligation to fucking unsubscribe to D and D Beyond?" And like, exactly. oh, I did fully. Oh yeah, I yeah, that's kind of chill, my feeling. My, my like bank of children yeah. that I have stored on there. my my thirty five <laughs> kids that are lingering on that server. Yeah, because I keep a version of every character I Aww. have ever played or like brainstormed on there, just in case I like have need of them. Yeah, so I can just like go and <laughs> yoink one. I'm one of those but... players that like when I play D and I don't create the character until like session zero. And I'm like, cool, really? just throw something oh, together. I don't have the mind space to just have fun to create characters because every week is something different. And I wish yeah, that I makes could sense. Yeah. be able to because there are so many cool combinations and other things out there that people play. And these fantastic things people come up with. Like, imagine all of those things suddenly oh hey that's not actually yours anymore we kind of like own part of that would suck like how disgusting yeah well even as homebrew money stop stealing Mm -hmm. yeah like even as homebrewed as like our strict saving campaign is it's like it's like we would still like i'd have to scrap the name of the school as well as most of the npcs and and, like change a lot of the npc names and like there's a lot of stuff that we have to change. And like we're playing in a world that was homebrewed. Like a lot of the plot and the main points, like that's all homebrewed and come like co-created between the players and Ale. And they're still if it's like this would like we could do it, but it would be kind of it would be a good it's hard bit to of work. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was yeah. 
I felt so bad, especially for like, um, at the end, I'm going to shout out all of my cast members, but especially Phil or Tulak, he mainly streams like Elden Ring, but like a huge part of his income is helping like create D&D characters and like all mm-hmm. of these things. And I messaged him, I was like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm just trying to figure out what to do just in case, but I'm also holding out hope. And so that's when we were like, all right, everybody take to the internet and be like, um. Yeah, fucking keyboard warrior that shit up. Exactly. Keyboard warrior. That. Um, To be able to. (laughs) I can't say certain words, man. Um, It's okay. (laughs) Keyboard warrior. Nope. I'm not going to do it again. Uh Mm -hmm. I'm not. I almost tried to say it, but I was afraid I'd also fuck it up. Yeah. Keyboard warrior. People will laugh at that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, To be able to tell them, this is not what we want. We are your community. We are your people. You will not steal from us. You cannot take our creative Mm -hmm. freedom and profit from it. That is not acceptable. And and I actually pulled up part of the... um, the update on the gaming license that they did um, Mm -hmm. where they said under any OGL, you will own the content you create. We won't. Any language we put down will be crystal, crystal clear and unequivocal, unequivocal on that point. The license. Yeah. The license back language was intended to protect us and our partners from creators who incorrectly allege that we steal their work simply because of, coincidental similarities and i still to this day hate that yeah that they yeah, said that. like get fucked like don't it, be passive aggressive yeah in that's exactly what they did sake. like technically <laughs> yeah. we got what we wanted but they were pissed about it yeah they, they really were known and that just puts such a we're like cool cry me a river Basically. yeah well it was just like you do this or you won't have anyone playing your yeah. system anymore exactly. or using D beyond or buying any source yeah. books and like so shift over many- to literally anything else i'm like you will funnel so much money at independent creators and like Absolutely. and pathfinder yeah. and critical role was even like we'll make our own system and and yeah. make that have an open gaming uh-huh. license get fucked was like we used to be pathfinder we can go back we can go exactly. we can revert um and i think like pathfinder did that huge humble bundle with where we definitely got it ourselves uh where was like they basically released all of their pathfinder content for like 25 bucks or something digitally so i was like yeah i'm gonna yoink that shit and we're just gonna have that as a backup in case shit goes sideways i would also just just love to play pathfinder yeah it really combat Um, is so much better in pathfinder (laughs) because you get more than an action and like moving, you actually get like Love that. legit two actions so you can attack twice. Oh, if I'm remembering nice. that correctly, <laughs> it's been a while. But that yeah. I do like Pathfinder actually a lot better. So, of course, we'll still on World D5, we'll still play some fifth edition stuff. Like we have mm-hmm. a fantastic game coming up in October um, by Melissa C., who's a longtime friend of World D5, who's going to be running a horror game because uh, that's what she does. Um, she's a huge disabilities advocate and a, a horror DM and an author, like, all the oh, I need to look her stuff. up. Oh, amazing! That's like, all, all of all of that shit is my oh yeah is my alley. It's so okay, great. What's her full name? Just uh, add her Melissa. I'll put another tab. Melissa. <laughs> Melissa. C S E E. Okay. And, and we're we'll find her. Stoked. 
to have her run a game. Yeah. She actually reached out to me. was like, hey, do you want to do something for Halloween? I was like, yeah, why not? We've never actually done like a full spooky month. This has been such a great conversation. I love that we went on like a million and one different <laughs> different yeah, routes so and back and, and back again. It helps you kind of get into a more conversational space when you can do that kind of stuff. And then oh, yeah. you can loop back like, hey, let's talk about this again. And then everyone's like, yeah, I feel more comfortable. Let's talk more. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, which is what I love because I love having these like genuine conversations about the thing that we all like commonly know and love um, yes. and are very, very deeply passionate about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to give us a little sign off about where where people can find you, all your social medias, um, shout outs to your cast, of course. Yes. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of funny when I do sign offs, I immediately start going into my World D5 like sign off. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm Erica Ondelin. I'm the creator of Roll D5, R-O-L-E-D-5. Uh, our mission is to show you that there are more TTRPG games out there than 5E. Uh, so we play test them, do it all for you. We'll have some of the creators of the games come on and either run the game or be part of the cast. If anybody is interested in submitting their game to us or even to be on and we haven't reached out to you, if you just like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Check out our... I'm getting out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I do that on stream too. I'm like, I just talk about... It's okay. Get it out there. Get it fast. But I'll have to do it. (laughs) Um, So if anybody's interested in that kind of a thing, uh, please check out our link tree. Um, You can find that on any of our social medias. That's our main link. Um, That'll have some forms there as well as it will have some links to some of our fantastic sponsors we've got a dice sponsor we've got coffee we've got uh shirts with things you like on it they are fantastic Ooh, um love that. So we've got like homebrew coffee gemmed firefly and uh green leaf geek um as well as we will also have links there for all of our adventurers of which i will now name them um so there's me the co-creator not co-creator i'm the creator and then there's my co-creators mika and julie and then our adventurers we have andrew danielle zoe natalie phil and shadow um who are probably the best people i could ever ask for on this team they all have such beautiful unique talents and they just make me so happy. They're the ones who tell me, Erica, calm the fuck down and let <laughs> us do things so you don't burn yourself out. So I've had a bit nice. of a learning curve letting go and being like, okay, I trust you. You can do this thing. And it's been extremely rewarding to be able to rely on a team instead of kind of doing it all on your own. So that's been that's been real lovely. So I couldn't ask for better people. You can find me anywhere on the internet as uh, it's probably just Erica underscore Onduin, A-U-D-A-W-Y-N. Um, and that's where you'll find me. I've got a couple of fun projects coming up. Um, I'm going to be on a pirate Morkborg, which I've never done before. Uh, that's going to be next Tuesday on Guild Superior. Just did a Lord of the Rings, like four shot. And it was like the best thing ever. Um, people will love this. I was an elf and fell in love with a dwarf. So we are the original. Like, Incredible. <laughs> and honestly, I just. Uh, thanks for thanking of me. Bringing of me course. on this. Like this past year has just exploded for me, especially in the past few months. And I just feel so grateful for this space and the people in it and the genuine friendships and kindness. And I'm so excited to 
to give all of that back to people. As much as we give or people give to us, we also want to give back. Yeah, and we're excited to to be on Roll D5 here soon with so uh, Princess and Peril. I think we're going to have an insanely good time. Oh my gosh, the cast alone is going to be spectacular. Like, <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh. So, so good. excited. All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here and uh, we hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Table Talk RPG or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.